I'm Stuart Varney. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Chris Wallace, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, April 7th, 2020. I'm Trey Yinkst. The entire world is together in the fight against COVID-19, as countries across the Middle East fear the worst is yet to come. Developed countries are having difficulties in trying to deal with this crisis. So you can only imagine how difficult it is for developing countries, uh, whether we're talking about Syria, Yemen, Libya, or, or otherwise. This is the Fox News Rundown, Global Pandemic. The Middle East has seen its fair share of conflict and unrest. The coronavirus, though, takes no sides. It knows no borders and does not discriminate. It's a whole different type of war. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the virus and hear from Ambassador Hisham Youssef, a senior fellow at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Starting first in Iran, where the regime says over 60,000 people are infected with COVID-19. Iranian media said today that smart testing will start to be implemented in an effort to find asymptomatic carriers. Iranian President Hassan Rouhani and the country's supreme leader, the Ayatollah Khamenei, have rejected American medical aid offered to the Islamic Republic. Now to Syria, where the country is reporting around 20 cases of coronavirus, though health experts warn the true number is likely much higher. According to nonprofit organizations operating on the ground in Syria, the regime of Bashar al-Assad has made it extremely difficult for international groups to get approval for COVID-19 testing. Despite a temporary ceasefire in Syria's Idlib province, millions of internally displaced people are uniquely vulnerable to the spread of this disease. In neighboring Iraq, the government is reporting over a thousand positive cases as a strict curfew is being enforced to slow the spread. Political infighting in Baghdad has reportedly made the response more difficult. Thousands of American troops remain on the ground in Iraq to assist with coalition efforts to completely destroy ISIS. Reports indicate the spread of coronavirus expedited some U.S. withdrawal, as officials worry about a resurgence of the terrorist organization. With so many countries to look at, where should the international community be focused in the Middle East? Well, the main challenge in the Middle East is that we have been suffering for the last 10 years or so from a large number of conflicts. Uh, that have been had that had its toll on the whole region, whether it is in Syria, in Yemen, in Libya. This is Ambassador Hisham Youssef, a senior fellow at the U.S. Institute of Peace. The ambassador is a career diplomat and reacted to the spread of COVID-19 across the Middle East. Uh, and of course, as a result of the revolutions that took place in the Arab world in the last 10 years, the situation has been extremely difficult. To add over and above all these difficulties, uh, challenges pertaining to the coronavirus with very weak uh, health policies and structures and so on, then it becomes compounded difficulties for uh, the people and the governments in the region. We've seen a lot of active conflicts in the past few years in the Middle East looking at Yemen and right now in northern Syria, though it does appear there is a ceasefire in Idlib province for the time being. Talking specifically about Syria right now, what sort of unique challenges do people in Syria face when it comes to the outbreak? And for Syrian civilians who are internally displaced, how should they keep themselves safe amid conflict? Well, that's a very difficult question, but but you see, It's only the Syrians have around 12 million refugees. 
and displaced persons. Six million are within Syria and around six million are in different places in the region from Turkey to Lebanon to Jordan to, to Egypt and so on. And unfortunately, as a result of the difficulties that they have been facing for the last few years, the coronavirus is not even high on their agenda because some of them are fearing military attacks. Some are, are feeling that they can't get their next meal. Some are worried about the safety of their children and themselves and so on. So they have huge problems and difficulties, particularly those displaced within Syria. And of course, you're talking about a country that has been in conflict for, for a very long time. So the, the government system, the health system is also extremely weak. So, so as a result of all these difficulties, then it becomes very difficult for the Syrian people to feel that they are safe, either from the coronavirus or from the difficulties that they have been facing for uh, a number of years since the revolution started in Syria. What should our listeners know about the more vulnerable populations across the Middle East, oftentimes who are caught in the middle of conflict when it comes to a virus outbreak? We've seen hospitals in the Western world completely overwhelmed by this virus. And I think many listeners would be interested to understand what it's like on the ground in many of these places that are now fighting a whole new battle. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that developed countries are having difficulties in trying to deal with this crisis. So you can only imagine how difficult it is for developing countries. And then you you can compound that for countries that are in conflict, uh, whether we're talking about Syria, Yemen, Libya, or, or otherwise. Uh, I think what people need to understand is that um, as a result of the difficulties that they are facing, and if we have a huge spread of the virus in many of these countries, then the world will be suffering much more than we think. Because if the West has been suffering that much, and we are awaiting the wave that will probably be reaching the Middle East at one point in time and will probably reach Africa also in, a, in the near future. So this will compound the situation and we will have different waves and then it will recur again in different places, including in the West, because you cannot prevent it. Even if you cross the threshold of the danger and try to go back to normalcy, then you may face another wave and the third wave and so on. We are seeing China now taking more restrictive uh, steps again because they are fearing that there will be another wave. So the situation may recur in different places around the world. I want you just to imagine refugee camps that have uh, 70, 80 or 100,000 people. If there is a spread of the virus in one of these camps, then you will have a real catastrophe. And then people will, will probably move. And when they move as a result of the virus, they will be infecting other people and so on. So it, you will go into a, a, a vicious circle of uh, trying to end this virus and then it will recur again and then you'll try again and so on. So people have to understand that this will affect the whole world, whether we like it or not. And there was an interesting debate in Europe about whether 
if the European countries would have had acted much earlier and in a much more supportive way to Italy, that they may not have been facing the problems that they are facing today. But one of the reasons why they are facing the problems that they are facing today is due to the fact that they were not supportive enough of Italy when it, the, the uh, spread of the disease started there. So that is a problem that I think we need to take into consideration when we deal with more vulnerable places, whether it's in conflict or developing countries in the Middle East and in Africa. You've been listening to Ambassador Hisham Youssef. We'll be right back after this. The continent of Africa this week surpassed the 10,000 case threshold. And over the past week, the Middle East hit 100,000 cases. You were previously posted to the Egyptian mission in Geneva. What role do you feel organizations like the United Nations and other international bodies should play when it comes to combating COVID-19 in underdeveloped countries? Well, uh, I'm I'm sure you've heard about the initiative that came from the Secretary General of the United Nations to have a ceasefire globally in order for the world to focus on uh, COVID-19. And you've also, I'm sure you're following the work of WHO, the World Health Organization, and trying to see how they can do that. But as we were talking, you know, this is overwhelming the whole world. So uh, whatever institutions we have, they haven't been established to deal with a crisis of that nature. And then this will force us to start thinking more uh, effectively about how we can deal uh, with issues pertaining to uh, prevention, with early warning, and not only to try to deal with many of these conflicts after uh, uh, crises, after they become as bad as we are facing them today. So I think the issue of prevention, the issue of dealing with vulnerabilities, and uh, you know the ability for countries to face these crises once they start. I think should be much higher on the agenda of the international community uh, for years and years to come. And I'd like to discuss another part of the Middle East, specifically in Iraq. We do know there are reports indicating officials are concerned that the rapid withdrawal of U.S. troops from certain bases as a result of this virus outbreak could play a role in the resurgence of terror organizations like ISIS. Are there concerns that groups like ISIS could use this time period as an opportunity to resurge and conduct more activities in the region? Of course. They won't take a break just because the world is fighting the coronavirus. As a matter of fact, it may be a time for them to find it an opportunity because the world is extremely busy with this crisis. Uh, and Iraq is also suffering from another difficulty in relation to the ability to establish a government. So Iraq needs to have a government as soon as possible in order to be able to deal effectively with the implications of the possible uh, uh, spread of the virus. Uh, We are very lucky that the numbers in Iraq are rather low Uh, today, but this does not mean that they will continue like this uh, for the foreseeable future. So this applies to Iraq, this applies to to other places as well. Ambassador Hisham Youssef, Senior Fellow at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Thank you again, Mr. Ambassador. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. 
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.